7 Million Bikes podcast couldn't happen without the support of our community. I want to give a massive thank you to our existing Patreon members, Zion Johnson, Brandon Thompson, Dan Jones, Andrew Barry, Annie Ver, Carrie Hughes-Parry, Pippa Clear, Tracy Wright, Alistair Chapman, Brandon Thompson, and our newest member, Tien Kung. To say thank you to all of our members, we're having a special pool party here at my new apartment. And thanks to my friends at Mixtape Brewery, we'll be enjoying the new green tea-based hard seltzer. Perfect for an afternoon of drinking by the pool. As you probably know, I'm a massive craft beer fan. Mixtape Drinks is a relative newcomer on the growing craft beer scene here in Vietnam, starting in 2020 by my friend Chad Mitchell and Taipei-based Sean Kidd. You'll often see me and Adri out in Saigon drinking their delicious peaches and cream IPA or our refreshing California Sun Juicy Paleo. And if you're in the mood for something a bit heavier and darker, their Molly Milk Stout is delicious. I was pretty disappointed when I found out though that it didn't actually include Molly. Through craft beer, mixtape drinks is becoming part of the Vietnam community through local music, art, food, and now podcasts. If you'd like to be part of the 7 Million Bikes community and support our podcast, then Mixtape is giving away four free cans to the next three new community members. That's worth 280,000 dong or 11 US dollars. To get your free cans, you have to be in Ho Chi Minh City and join the We Might plan or above. You can still support us wherever you are in the world. And when you do, next time you're in Saigon, the drinks are on me. As a community member, you'll also get episodes before anyone else, invites to special events like our pool party, and bonus content that no one else will ever see or hear. And I'll also give you a special shout out on future episodes. So join at patreon.com forward slash 7 million bikes, or you can find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and helping us pass 40,000 downloads recently, and everyone who supports us, including Mixtape Brewery. Cheers. Ever heard a joke and wondered, did that really happen? My name is Neil Mackay, host of a Vietnam podcast and a comedian. Long before I ever started comedy, when I heard comedians tell the craziest, funniest stories, I would always wonder just this. And if I got the chance to meet them after the show, I would always ask them straight away, did that really happen? Nine times out of 10, the answer was yes. But the difference between sharing a funny story with friends and telling it on stage is a comedian's ability to take those moments and craft them into a well-worked joke. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk to comedians from around the world, play you one of their favorite jokes, then ask them, did that really happen? Today's guest is Ankita Ghosh, an Indian living in Vietnam since 2016. By day, she's a creative director in advertising, but at night, she's a stand-up comic and started her comedy journey here in Vietnam in 2018. So let's hear the joke. I'll tell you a true story. I met with this dude on Tinder, and this is the first text he sent me. Hey, if I come to your place, will you cook for me? Like my mom does. He's Indian, you can tell. Uh, I told him, dude, we must on Tinder. I'm more than what your mom does, I hope. <laughs> he came, he ate, I wish I could say he ate and I came 
So, Ankita, did that really happen? <laughs> yes, Neil, that did happen. Um, well, Indian men on Tinder, <laughs> it's really, really interesting. So I matched with this uh, Indian guy on Tinder and um, the backstory is even more interesting because I usually... Well, go on then, go on. Give us all the details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually don't swipe right on Indians. Uh, and uh, this was actually, my phone was in my boss hand. And it was his favorite lunchtime pastime uh, to, you know, swipe on, swipe my Tinder. And then he knew that I don't usually swipe right on Indians. But this guy had beard and he knew that I have a thing for bearded men. So he swiped right <laughs> on, on my behalf. And then it was a match, right? So I have to talk. And I'm not going to, of course, name and shame, but this guy is a pilot. So my boss said that it's okay. He's, he's never going to stay here for long. He's a pilot. He'll come and go. So it's fine. I said, okay, fine. And then the guy actually started texting me. And this is actually the first text he sent me. Now I know if I miss home cooked food, where I should be going. <laughs> so I was like, excuse me. And he was like, yeah, uh, if I come to your place, you'll cook for me. Like, uh, I actually <laughs> gave him the name of the top five Indian restaurants in Saigon, you know. <laughs> because I was already so annoyed and then he tried to be even funnier than me and he said oh you have five different names for your own house like you call your house by these names uh, then I had to tell him that dude this is not even funny why would you assume that just because I'm Indian and we just matched and this is the first thing that comes to your mind that if you come to my place I'm going to cook for you <laughs> Of course, we never met <laughs> and <laughs> never dated. But I took liberty from that uh, text conversation and, you know, went on to talk a little bit about the Indian men's behavior and how their moms kind of dominate their lives until they find a girl. And <laughs> actually, that's a whole new thing about, you know, mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws and fighting and whatever you see in the Indian soaps actually takes inspiration from real life and exaggerates it. That's what exactly I have done with the joke as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the common thing, right? Like you take these little moments that happen in real life or maybe several yeah, little moments that happen in real life and stitch them all together. Yeah, most most jokes that I make are all uh, uh, inspired from real life. Like my conversations with my mom every weekend, she gives me a gold mine of material. And <laughs> dating app conversations, even my uh, conversations with my friends or people at my workplace, I find everything funny. I mean, I don't remember uh, cracking any joke which has not happened in my real life. Uh, yeah, so everything is coming from the real life, some, some incident, <laughs> which I find funny. Well, I, I just found it funny when you said that the pilot was just going to come and go. I thought that was a joke there. <laughs> It, uh, you know, one, one thing very interesting about this joke, Neil, is that this is uh, one of the jokes that I uh, said for the first time on my on stage. Um, and that joke has really stayed on with me. You know, I have dropped everything else that I said from that bad five minute set, my first ever five <laughs> minute on stage. But this joke has really stayed on and it still, you know, makes people laugh. And I'm so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's funny you say that as well, because I've got 
a couple of jokes, I think, at least one that I used on my first ever time on stage, mm -hmm. which again was a real story, which was, a, um, a, if I remember correctly, now I'm trying to think back. The joke was that one of the kids in my class one day shouted out, smoke weed every day. <laughs> yes, I remember that one. <laughs> well, so right, this is quite funny, right? So you reacted really strongly to that and they uh, always get like the similar reaction from like, the crowd. Mm. I don't actually see what's that, what that's funny about. What's that funny about it? <laughs> like I said it as a lead into the next joke, but every time I say it, like the whole audience just cracks up laughing and I still don't <laughs> really see what's that, what's that funny about it. Like it's just literally what he said. He was a 12-year-old kid, middle of class one day, they're doing a worksheet of quiet. <laughs> And he just blurted it out. But there's no real joke to it. There's no punchline. There's no setup. There's just, like, I just tell it like that. And people just laugh yeah, so it's, hard. It's just and so was... funny to imagine, you know, one of your school kids just saying <laughs> it as a chant in the class, smoke weed every day. So that's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. And I still, I still throw it out there sometimes. And, and, like, and it still gets this massive laugh. But the other joke that I used in the beginning on my first set, if I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering this correctly, and you, you'll know this joke, is the one where the kid came up to me after class and said, have you ever cheat on your wife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could kind of and figure this is out one if of you the... said this joke that uh, this must have happened to you. <laughs> yeah, again, it's one of these ones, yeah, it really happened. But then what you do is you take, like we're talking about, and for anyone who's a comedian or not a comedian, the whole point of this podcast is talking about how even though 99% of the people who've come on this podcast, the answer is yes, it really happened. In actuality, it didn't actually happen the way they told the joke mm. is the truth. If you actually listen to all the episodes, most people say, oh yeah, it really happened. Then they explain it. And it's just like you explained your joke. It's like a tiny part of it really happened. But in reality, the joke itself was, was made up. Yeah. And so this to me is a good example as well. So that joke there, I tell it like those two things happened on the same day that this kid went smoke weed every day. <laughs> and then after class, one of the students came up to me and said, have you ever cheat on your wife? <laughs> and those incidents actually was the same class, but it was completely different days, totally different times that happened. And the difference is I remember I've listened back to that first set I ever did. When I told the joke about the student tell, asking, have you ever cheat on your wife? I go into so much detail because I thought in the beginning, and I think when I see most people starting comedy, we everybody puts in too much detail. And I, I was like, you know, this girl, Kathy, and she'd been in my class for so long and telling this whole backstory. Mm. And then this is the difference, right? So over time, the more you perform, the more you perform. That's now just whittled down to like one line. Yeah. That yeah. there was a student that came up to me and said, have you cheat on your wife? No like backstory, no like superfluous information. Yeah, and uh, and it worked really well, and you know, and but the, and then well, for obviously you know the joke. Anyone who's listening might not know the joke. The punchline of that joke that I added, and this this is this is the part that's made up. So the student really did say that to me, and I was absolutely shocked. I was like, wait, what? Because she knew my wife, and it was just a crazy question to ask. The punchline of the joke, though, is I turn around to her and I say, Kathy, have you ever cheated on your wife? We covered this in class. <laughs> Which was not what I said at all. I remember just being like, oh. and be like, Kathy, why the hell are you asking me this question? Like, that's crazy. And it turned out she's about 12 or 13. She'd been watching some YouTube videos and it was, I don't know if it was a trend at the time or just something that she'd seen 
of women going on YouTube and crying and talking about how their husband ah, had cheated on them and stuff okay. like this. And so that's why she came up to me and said it, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was still crazy. But I guess, so the point of all of that though is uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure I send this episode to a friend called Andrew Durning, who's a, a fellow Scotsman who is a, a fellow podcaster as well. And I was on his podcast and I saw him just post this week. So Andrew, this is directly for you. He posted about how he'd just done stand-up again for like the second time in a year mm. and the seventh time, the fifth time in seven years. And he had decided that he wasn't funny and he was never doing it again and it wasn't for him. And even though he thought he was witty and funny in conversation, he could never be a stand-up. And I immediately commented, and Andrew, I'm telling you again, you can absolutely do it because as I, as I said to him in the comments, you've done it on average 0.7 times a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's nowhere near enough. And you and this podcast will hopefully will reach him that you just need to practice, keep going and take all those witty little comments that you make and those funny stories that happen to you and then just turn them into jokes. But it takes time yeah. um, to do that. Yeah, true. This joke has also evolved a lot and now I do a little bit of crowd work. If there are Indian people in the crowd, I do a little bit of crowd work around it also. <laughs> so it has become a, quite a bit, actually, part of a full bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Like these jokes evolve. They don't, like the first time you say them, that doesn't mean it's, the, it's how it's going to be. It's how it's going to work mm. well. Um, and then, yeah, you can throw in some crowd work and things like that and it adds a totally different dimension. So how do you sit and come up with material generally? This is a question I often ask. Are you one of these people? Do you sit down and write material and take some time and be like, okay, I'm going to, um, you know, dedicate an hour to writing jokes and craft them, which a lot of people do. I'm more of the way that I think of something, I jot it down on my phone, then I try it on stage and then just kind of go from there. Yeah, I actually... Uh... If I see something funny or if I see something uh, uh, like if I hear something funny, I usually take a note on my phone and then I uh, do have a, a time for myself when I sit down and write. And so there, these are just, uh, just as ideas, I jot it down. And then when I sit down, I take them and then I see how, how it's going to flow, how it works and all that. So, yeah, pretty much a combination of what you described. Yeah, cool. So what advice would you give then to any uh, listening comedians? Give advice to Andrew directly. I'm going to make sure I send this to Andrew and make sure he listens to it. Okay, I'll, I'll give you, uh, you know, the first time I horribly bombed and of course I didn't want to ever go up on stage. I think the main, main thing is to, everybody can write and things in our heads always seems funnier, right? But the main thing is to go out there and I know it can be so, so freaky right to go out there and try to make strangers laugh but the more you go the more you realize that you start enjoying yourself on stage and then that's what actually matters people eventually get that energy that you are really having fun and they just start sharing fun with you so i guess one more you should just go up there uh, however many times you bomb it's fine <laughs> exactly exactly and it, I mean, it is just a terrifying thing, but uh, I mean, this whole thing, if you bomb, it's just, you just got to go back up and do it again <laughs> and just keep practicing like yeah. anything, right? Like, 
that's just it's just a skill and you just practice it yeah so, awesome well thank you so much Ankita I'm so glad to have you on um I'm sure you're on Instagram I know you're on Instagram I'll put your uh, link to your Instagram in the show notes so anyone listening if you want to follow Ankita Ghosh make sure you click in the show notes and click on our Instagram thank you so much Ankita thank you Neil thank you so much no worries cheers cheers Thank you for listening to this episode of Did That Really Happen? A new podcast from 7 Million Bikes. I've been your host, Neil Mackay. If you enjoyed that and want to hear from comedians around the world about their jokes and if they are true, then make sure to follow and subscribe from wherever you are listening from right now and follow 7 Million Bikes on social media. The links are in the show notes. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away it makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease, and I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers. Cheers.